Reverend Dame. Thank you, dear pastor and dear church. It is a really pleasure and privilege to be with you this morning. I'm not spoiled. I was spoiled, but uh, that's why it was for me what we were reminded of. And uh, God forgave my sins when I was 17. It was radical change. It was great revolution in my life. And uh, in moments like this, I'm really touched all over again that I can be at the Lord's table together with you and be reminded of what Jesus has done for all of us. It was something amazing what he has done in the history, what he is doing today for us because he's standing with us daily. And also we are looking toward those grand finale one day toward the end of our lives when we will be in the glory with him. And that is our blessed hope. And we praise God for that blessed hope because he has done that on the Calvary. So uh, there, was, uh, uh, there was one missionary in the church history that uh, used to say, I think it was Amy Carmichael, that uh, we will have all eternity to celebrate. Uh, but just a few moments here to work and to do our best for the kingdom of God so that we can celebrate one day. So I would like to remind you about where I'm coming from. Maybe you don't know much about this part of the world. It is the continent of Europe. Once the continent that was called Christian continent, we cannot call Europe anymore Christian continent because it is more secular and neo-pagan uh, continent where the light of the gospel must be shining again. And uh, you know and you would remember for many, many years back, hundreds of years ago, many missionaries were ready to come all across the world, pay the price, give up of their comfort in order to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, now, in 21st century, we are talking about Europe where there were awful statistics. Many churches are being closed. Uh, people are turning away. And uh, there should be something that, uh, that would reverse, that would change. And I know and I see from time to time uh, what the Lord is doing in a beautiful way in Europe. He is sending people from Africa, from Asia, from Latin America to those countries in Europe to remind them that we should be fervent for the Lord, that we should praise Him with all of our hearts, that this is not just some kind of religious hobby, but it is the most precious thing that we could really do in our lives. And praise God for many African and Asian churches, uh, different ethnic groups have churches. I've been recently, we've been praying for Europe through Pentecostal fellowship that uh, we belong as well in Europe. And we were praying in Vienna International Church. And before that, there were Filipino church gathering, and then I think Iranian and some others. And it was great to see all of those nations, but also to pray for the new page opened in Europe for Jesus. And I would like to inform you a little bit where I'm coming from. And you can think, not just on the basis of this information, but even more, how the transformation come and what 
we can do all together for the missions of the world. Maybe particularly for that part where I'm coming from, and maybe uh, you'll be open to, uh, to allow that your heart be stirred in a special way, and maybe you will more regularly commit your prayer time to do something for that part of Europe. Or maybe some other part. Uh, we all have different visions, but it is important that we be inspired and led by the Holy Spirit. So let me say a few words about this uh, southeast section of uh, the continent of Europe where I'm coming from. It is very often called the Balkans. That's why I'm trying to uh, let you know that uh, this is the call uh, to Balkans mission, or I could call it also the Macedonian call. And you are familiar with the Macedonian call from the Bible, from Acts 16, where we read how Apostle Paul was planning to go to Asia, and then uh, he was forbidden by the Holy Spirit to go into some of those different provinces. You know, sometimes we think and we plan and we think, oh, that might be good or this may be good. But then it is good to consult and to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying that. In our personal lives, sometimes we are on the crossroads of lives and we are wondering really what path to take. I believe you've been many times uh, and we are all in those situations. And then it is good to hear what the Holy Spirit does and how he leads us. And that pathway is the best, though we could be confused maybe and sometimes don't understand really why we don't go according to our schedule. But we say, may your will be done, aren't we? And that's why it's easy to say that. But uh, we should really live that kind of lifestyle. So Apostle Paul was intercepted by the Macedonian vision, by the Macedonian call, and uh, he has seen that man who said, please come and help us. And he praised God that uh, we could respond when we hear the plea for help. And uh, that's what Apostle Paul did. He did not hesitate. He continued in that pathway, and that was the entrance of the gospel to Europe. Later on, we know how Lydia, a very devout lady, has committed his life to Jesus Christ and the transformation he experienced. And after that, uh, <clears throat> the visit to Thessalonica, and then we have the two beautiful epistles of Apostle Paul committed to Thessalonians and to all of us, because the Word of God is living today as well. And uh, the peninsula of the Balkans, that's a geographical term, encompassing something like 11 countries. The countries starts with Greece. Greece is in the south, well-known uh, territory, very beautiful country. And we uh, need to pray for Greece because we have Greek, uh, in Greek language, uh, original texts of the New Testament. And uh, some of you that are studying may be more in-depth. You have to learn Greek, Koine language, and uh, you are reminded that on, on, 
some of those sites. I was recently in Corinth uh, <clears throat> because I was visiting one uh, a Pentecostal conference in Athens, and then I had chance to go to Corinth, and I've been able to see some of those uh, ancient sites uh, and be reminded more when I read New uh, Testament and Epistle of Corinthians, how that looks like. Anyway, just a handful of evangelical Christians in Greece, and uh, it is really uh, necessary to support that ethnic group and to pray for Greek people. Two more larger countries are Romania and Bulgaria. Romania has blessing of the Lord over many years, though they did not always have freedom in the time of their dictatorship of uh, uh, Ceausescu, their president. They had been confined with just meeting once a week and uh, they used, uh, Christians used this opportunity to gather then for four or five hours uh, because they wanted to use the maximum of this freedom. And then I remember when I was there uh, in 85 for the first time with some Swedish Bible school students, we were the only ones at the border and uh, uh, they hesitated to even let us in. We were waiting for that long because they thought that we might have New Testament. So they almost dismantled our van because they were in great fear that we will bring some New Testaments into the country of Romania. But people were praising God wholeheartedly. I remember uh, some, some of the preachers were preaching three uh, sermons. Everyone, each one was uh, uh, long, something like one hour. And it was not uh, difficult for people to listen. Always at every service there was someone who would surrender their lives to Jesus Christ. And then I remember them praying a lot and praising God. There were many musicians, four or five different uh, choirs. Everybody would have some section to contribute and praise the Lord. Now, they are having more than one million born-again Christians, many good uh, schools there, evangelistic campaigns, and uh, we are very pleased to, to have such a, such a good... Uh, uh, people in our uh, uh, neighborhood, but we are confused over the years and decades because when we were together in the country called Yugoslavia that was bordering with Romania, there was just political borders, just geography. But they had revival and lack of freedom. We had freedom, but lack of revival. So that was kind of a puzzle. In Bulgaria, also a beautiful country, they had recently almost passed the bill in their parliament that it is forbidden to evangelize and do this and that. But then uh, the Pentecostals from all over uh, Europe were trying to, to insist and to impress the parliament that that's not the democracy and with the help of God, we've been able to, to uh, uh, prevent that bill to be passed in the parliament. Many gypsies in that country, gypsy is the despised group of people, migrants, originally coming, I think, from India uh, many centuries ago, but uh, <clears throat> very often troublemakers because they are stealing, they are beating their wives, they are doing all kinds of mischiefs. But then when they meet Jesus... Oh, what a mighty testimony that becomes. 
It is amazing how uh, uh, they are impressing then all of their families and their community. And very often they are called changed people because they, people realize and they see the authentic change of people when they meet Jesus. So uh, that should be with us also. When we meet Jesus, it's, it should not be just philosophy or story. It should be really transformation of our lives. So pray for Bulgaria because uh, there are still many, many uh, unreached people there. Now, country of Albania is also interesting there in the south because uh, until 91, they had the leader called Enver Hojad. That was his president. And he was praising himself very often that he is the president of the first atheistic country of the world. They were completely closed. They did not allow even religious names to be given there to the kids in Albania. But, you know, uh, any dictatorship could go for some time. But then the Lord must show that he is the Lord of the history. And when we read the Revelation and some prophetic books, we know how everything ends. So uh, in Albania, uh, many missionaries came in 91. At the time, the war started in the neighborhood in former Yugoslavia. I'll tell you a little bit about this. But then there were many, many thousands of people that got saved. They experienced that encounter with Jesus Christ, and they were open. And, of course, you cannot do anything unless you are opening your heart. And they opened their hearts, and really uh, there was little revival in that country. Now, the country of former Yugoslavia is uh, well known because it uh, fell apart with the war in 91. It, the war lingered for 10 years in different parts. I was in the worlds of the war from the very beginning, my city where your pastor visited, uh, we've been at the front line and my city that is fourth largest city uh, in uh, Croatia has been surrounded from three sides. There were two or three uh, kilometers just uh, all of the uh, uh, front line uh, surrounding our city. And uh, there were millions of mines planted uh, in the course of the war. Uh, somehow, God is faithful. The synagogue that has been mentioned uh, as an architectural uh, beautiful building, uh, we know the biblical term is ecclesia for the church. It's not building, first of all. But uh, <clears throat> that uh, building was uh, purchased by the vision and by the God's grace back in the uh, 78 from small Jewish community and in the time of war there was estimation that there were something like 150,000 bombs, gra grenades, missiles buzzing around our heads and uh, not even one hit and that is I must say mathematical improbability not even one hit the church and we know we've been kind of jokingly saying that it is God's guardian angels working around the shift to protect uh, the church over there. And that was also very, very good testimony. But I could tell you many stories how I could have been killed. I remember one day I was coming from the church. On, it was Sunday morning with our youth leader. 
and uh, we did not even know that we were at the sniper's range and that uh, uh, there was big fire in big building and we were wondering what's going on and then later on firemen came and, and they were shot at and it is God's grace. You know, the psalmist is saying that you don't need to worry if thousands or ten thousands on the left and right are falling down and I experienced that. It was, it was really God's grace. I would not otherwise stand before you. When I was going to uh, uh, the country of uh, Bosnia-Herzegovina in the time of war with a few of my colleagues, we went there to encourage a little remnant in the capital city of Sarajevo. Remember, at that time, that city has been surrounded from all over, completely, hermetically closed. You can go, cannot go in, you cannot go out. And that state was for something like two years. Thousands and thousands of people killed, especially by snipers. And we somehow had urge to go and to encourage that little small remnant because uh, in, in Bosnia-Herzegovina, before the war, you had only small three groups. Uh, there were altogether more, not more than 50 or 60 believers, all together evangelical believers in that country, out of 4 million people. And then we came uh, over there also very often in a very, very dangerous uh, situations and spots. And then we got breakfast in so-called Sniper's Alley. Sniper's Alley was called, because one of the main boulevard in Sarajevo, because thousands of children and women and, and men were killed by snipers in that area. And there was one a couple, uh, brother and sister, who got saved and they hosted us. They had to burn their library in order to prepare tea and, and, and uh, breakfast for us. And uh, also they had to burn some of the furniture because for two years when you don't, uh, when you cannot go shopping, you can't imagine what kind of life was there. They were growing their own uh, little tomato or little plants, what they could in the balconies or so. There was amazing stories about this. Anyway, we were there uh, to go, we went to, to fetch the water, to bring several buckets of water in order to fill up the tub. There was no much electricity. There was fierce battles, all kind of shooting. Uh, I mean, if you would just uh, see for, for uh, a minute of that, you would be completely scared. And I must say, uh, I was scared as well. And I was wondering, well, uh, it was that really Lord's will to come there and, and to enter Sarajevo. But uh, there, under the candle night, that night, NATO started launching attacks against Serbian positions who were uh, shooting against the city. The city shot back. It was, it was awful. But there we stood and we preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. And under the candle night, we baptized three representatives of three warring sides, Croatian, Muslim, and Bosnian. And that was the strong message, very strong picture of kingdom of God. That's not what politicians can do and when they can, what they can resolve. 
but the gospel can unite. The gospel can transform. The gospel can remove the hatred and revenge. And the gospel of Jesus Christ is bringing love and new vision and new hope. Before we went out of the city, we uh, had several more uh, baptismals and several more conversions of young people that were desperate, but then they accepted Jesus and they got the new uh, ray of hope. And praise God for this kind of situation. In the, in the midst of all of this, you see, I'm before you, the testimony of God's protection and God's grace. So, uh, the country of former Yugoslavia and these seven newly formed and recognized independent countries uh, is the area where we never had any kind of spiritual revival. We had so many wars. In the course of just last hundred years, we had five major wars. First World War started in Sarajevo with the assassination of uh, Austria-Hasburgian uh, uh, Franz Ferdinand. So it was a, a difficult situation and it was a lot of suffering throughout the century. Not to mention many, many uh, centuries before. But we never had spiritual revival. And we are praising God for what he has done in the history and what he is doing all across the world. And I'm appealing even to you to help us in prayer that we can see in that part of Europe and in all Europe really the new page, that the wind of the revival, that the Holy Spirit somehow revive what is weak and bring new hosts of sinners to the repentance and to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. In, into Slovenia, small alpine beautiful country that has less than 1,000 born-again Christians, into Croatia that has 4 million people. Presently we have lost 400,000 in the last 5-6 years. And uh, it has been discouraging for us in the churches because we have 40 small churches and these churches became even smaller because of this migration, mostly economical, because young people with small kids would go to Germany and to Ireland. But the picture of Gideon, some how come before my eyes. Remember the story of Gideon. God can do miraculous things with small group of people. And I believe that us that have stayed in Croatia could be the tool in the hand of, of the Lord that uh, we, we could be used for some new page in the Balkans. Not new war, but new spiritual revolution. Beautiful change that only Jesus Christ can inaugurate and then bring hope to the millions that are living in that uh, area. The uh, country of Serbia with the capital of Belgrade, uh, I, I had interesting dream uh, last night. Actually, it was this morning. I still don't know full interpretation. I was very tired last uh, yesterday I did not sleep hardly two hours and then I went to sleep uh, last night around uh, midnight and I did not even hear this morning the alarm but I had very impressive uh, uh, picture and, and the dream and you know the Lord is speaking sometimes in dreams we don't uh, think that every dream is <laughs> from the Lord but some dreams are and I had 
in my dream, president of uh, Serbia this morning. And I'm, I'm uh, in some kind of uh, uh, in, uh, puzzle what that means. But uh, anyway, uh, the, the, the city of Belgrade is a very large city, the largest I think in the Balkans, except Athens, it has something like two million people. We have recently even one small Chinese uh, church, Chinese group, and uh, a few years ago I rejoiced when I heard uh, them in another city gathering and singing Amazing Grace. I think it was in Mandarin language. So it was great. We did not have too many Chinese in Croatia, uh, just a few, but we are exploring presently uh, if we can uh, connect and uh, uh, how we can help to each other. The country of Kosovo, of course, they are Albanians, uh, ethnic Albanians like in Albania, small nation that needs also some kind of focus for the gospel. They have 25 or 30 churches and have very good and strong leadership. Several men are very uh, uh, dedicated to the Lord. And if you remember, pray for, for the country of Kosovo. Now, the nation called Montenegro is on the chart of missions of the world, is one of the least touched by the gospel. It is amazing that in the heart of the Europe, European continent, you have the nation that uh, have only 100 born-again Christians. Montenegro is part of former Yugoslavia. It's, as you can see uh, there in the south, they have even little strip of the Adriatic Sea. Most of this is uh, belonging to Croatia. It's called Dalmatia. Dalmatia is mentioned in the Bible in one time. And uh, in Montenegro, in the time uh, when we were from Yugoslavia, we did not have any church, no Protestant church whatsoever. And I had on my heart when I got saved always to be some impulse to, to become missionary and maybe to go not to the other part of the world. I wanted to go for a year with one of these ships, mercy ships with operation mobilization, just to get a little bit more experience. But then I wanted to uh, end up in Montenegro. But you know how guidance of the Lord is in our lives. Sometimes you have the idea, you have plan, you have vision, and the Lord, like in the case of Apostle Paul, is changing that and say, no, you don't go to Asia, you go to Europe. So uh, to shorten the story, I did not end up in Montenegro when I was ready to give up all uh, and to, to follow the Lord and say, uh, Lord, I'm, I'm going. Then he said, no, I'll have you stay here. And I stayed and uh, worked for the seminary for 15 years. But one of our assistant pastors from our church that has been always missionary-minded, he went over there to Montenegro 91, and then he started the first Pentecostal church there. Actually, that was first Protestant church altogether, first evangelical church, because there was no other. And uh, by now, we have another brother who is taking over, one of our students. He, uh, we have less than 100 born-again Christians there. So it's a, it's a great need. We recently had 
uh, one missions strategic conference in Sarajevo and the representatives from Montenegro came as well. And uh, we were praying for them and looking how to help them from different countries that the gospel of Jesus Christ runs through Montenegro. Montenegrins are generally, according to the Guinness Book of Record, one of the tallest nations in the world. So please remember to pray for Montenegro from time to time because I believe there should be a new page there in spiritual life of that nation. Now, I, will, I would like to share with you short word of the Lord. We praise God for the gospel, for the epistles that are written, especially by Apostle Paul. And we know that word of God is not just showing us the way of heaven, but it is also inspiration uh, <clears throat> for uh, having divine wisdom, for having dedication to have meaningful, purposeful, and victorious Christian love, uh, life down here on earth. Now, I will read Romans chapter 1, verses 8 through 16. This is well-known text, and please listen what Apostle Paul is writing in this text. First, he said, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being reported all over the world. God, whom I serve with my whole heart in preaching the gospel of his son, is my witness how constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times. And I pray that now at last by God's will, the way may be open for me to come to you. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gifts to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I plan many times to come to you, but I have been prevented from doing so until now, in order that I might have a harvest among you, just as I have had among the other Gentiles. I am bound both to Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and to the foolish. That is why I am so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes first to the Jew, then for the Gentile. For in the gospel, righteousness from God is revealed, the righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. So, Apostle Paul is an amazing fellow. He has been at first religious terrorist. He was persecuting Christians, thinking that he is serving God, but he was so wrong. And then on the way to Damascus, he experienced the personal encounter with Jesus Christ. And there was transformation. There was change. There was amazing miracle in his life. And uh, then we find him that he is becoming a personal uh, witness for the Lord, that he has been proclaimer of the gospel, and that he became one of the most complete leaders and figures of the New Testament. He, we find him as an evangelist, apologist, 
the missionary, church planter, tent maker, pastor, theologian, one of the really most complete servants of the kingdom of God you'll ever meet. And then we see in this text that he starts really with uh, uh, thanksgiving. Among other things, he is saying that he is world, traveling the world. Why he is traveling the, uh, the world? Well, because he is obedient to great commission. He is obedient to the master who said, to go into all the world and preach the gospel to all nations. In Romans 15, he will state later that he preached the gospel all the way from Jerusalem to Illyricum, and that's today, today part of the Balkans, part of Albania and Macedonia and Croatia. So let's see uh, what is uh, going on here. Not just that he is starting with grateful attitude, and that's the beginning of any enterprise, any attitude that we start with gratitude. You remember those nine lepers in the story of Jesus that did not care. They were healed. They were touched by God, but they took it for granted. Let's never take for granted what God is doing in our lives. Now, the theme of his life theology could be summed up. The theme of Apostle Paul's life could be summed up all in just one word, and that's the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, in verse 8, the first thing we notice that he had an informed mind. He said, your faith is being reported all over the world. How does he know? Well, he has never been able to be in Rome by that time. There was no television, there was no internet. We are amazed of the level of information we could have. Actually, we have to be very selective in order not to go into the junk and be lost in the uh, medias that uh, is not lifting us up. But we have to know what is going on in the world. We are called to know, first of all, where the Word of God in order to be able to translate it into the world of people in order that they can experience that power of the word which change also our lives. Now, we are aware that we live in the age of information as it has never been before. And we should be aware that information is power. It is really the power, and we as Christians need to be above all informed about what God is doing around the world. Why do we need to be informed? Well, because we love. When you love, you are concerned. And when you are concerned, you want to know. And when you know, you are able to encourage those that need encouragement. And you can sympathize uh, and uh, uh, be with those who are in different difficult situations. We have been praying even in the Balkans in different uh, churches for Sri Lanka in recent uh, months for Burkina Faso, Nigeria, in the areas where Christians were suffering, where they were persecuted, where they were attacked. And we prayed and asked for God's grace and for His comfort. But also we've been rejoicing in the situations like two years ago I went to Amazonas. And there in the heart of jungle, uh, we've been able to baptize, there was a celebration of 100 years of Assemblies of God uh, there in Manaus. And uh, 
we rejoice and I rejoice to be participating in the baptismal of 10,000 people in Amazona River. And I was uh, joyfully putting that on internet and I heard many responses where people would say, wow, we need to pray that we have in our rivers and in our sea baptismal services like this. So Apostle Paul was informed man. But not just that he was informed man. We uh, see that uh, in verse 9 that he had also dedicated heart. He said, God whom I serve with my whole heart. And let me say that this is the only way how to serve God. Unfortunately, people sometimes are satisfied with living with lukewarm attitude. And we know that in Revelation, when Jesus is writing to those different churches, that he is saying to Ephesus uh, about lukewarmness and about uh, uh, losing first love. So let's have dedication fully to the Lord. Let's have uh, service and know our priorities. The motto of our lives should be seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Because Jesus then takes care of our lives. I, I believe that you experience that. When you trust the Lord, when you ask for the first, for the, for the kingdom of God to come, all of your needs, you don't need to be anxious. All of your needs will be covered with God's grace, with His love. And then the third characteristic is related to this one. We notice that Paul has prayer, prayerful lifestyle, verse 10. And prayer is mentioned all the time. Jesus is showing us the best version of prayer life. And we know that we need to pray because we need to breathe. We need to be connected with the source of grace and the source of life. Our intimate, private fellowship with the Lord is very important, and we are always discovering new source of energy, wisdom, refreshment through prayer. And we should remind ourselves that we are dependent people. We could be very intelligent, we could be very rich, we could be very capable, we could be very experienced, but without Lord's help, we cannot do anything. That's even stated by Jesus. You know, we cannot do anything without him. And we want to accomplish great things for him. So let me conclude now this message in verse 13, the world where the plan is used. Paul has been informed, having informed mind, a dedicated heart, prayerful attitude, open to the Spirit of God. He's speaking about spiritual gifts as well. And he was also a strategist. He was a planner and praying and planning must go together. Now, he is concluding with the words, we should not be, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And let me underline that we should not be ashamed ever of the power of God, of the gospel, because that's for salvation of everyone who believes. You and I, in our partnership and our work and dedication to the Lord, we are that divine chain to win the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So let's do our best what we can do for the kingdom of God. Because we love the Lord, because we are grateful people, because we are informed, and because we want to be indifferent. 
we want to contribute. We are touched by Jesus and we want to touch others. That's called mission. Mission is on God's heart and it should be one of our priorities. And while we are obedient to the Lord, we are blessed people. And may you be blessed people throughout all of your lives and then one day in glory we'll talk about the stories and the testimonies of God's grace. May his name be glorified now and forever and may the abundance of his grace be with all of you. Amen. Questions are concerned because, you know, out of mind, you know, out of sight. Huh? Uh, the years when the war was taking place, 91, right? 91. I just had come to Penang. Uh, it was my third year in Penang and, you know, we were busy preaching, you know, teaching, visiting. And I was aware that, you know, there was a war, you know, going on there, you know, reading the, the Star paper, you know. <laughs> we had world news, right? Uh, but it was just kind of like, you know, background thing. And I didn't really, you know, know the first hand what the effect was until 91, uh, 2005, that is about what, 15, 14 years later, uh, going by the place and the buildings were still, you know, left as, as they were. Some of those cities bombed out, you know, bullet holes everywhere. And you walk around, you're wondering, wow, you're walking into a war zone. <laughs> the war had ended about almost 10 years since then, but still lots of things remain unbuilt, right? And obviously, the people have suffered a lot. Uh, three, five major wars in these uh, Balkans areas over the last hundred years. You know, Malaysia, we are really blessed people. You know? Most of us didn't even experience any war, right? Uh, my father went through Japanese occupation. But that's about it, you know. We are in a very blessed part of the world. And so, uh, we have been entrusted with so much. Uh, it's hard to imagine, you know, a country like Slovenia, okay, with, uh, what, 1.5 million people, the number of Christians less than in PCC. Imagine that, 1.5 million people, right? The country of Montenegro, 660,000 people, 100 Christians. So obviously there is a need for us to pray as well as to, you know, see what God speaks to us individually and collectively as a church. Now, uh, it's hard for us to do anything if we work alone, okay? Uh, and that's why in partnership through a Missions Faith Promise, we have partnered with uh, Romania for the last 15 years or so. And we have seen how God has, you know, uh, continued to use the church. Uh, some of the Roma people that uh, was mentioned, the, which they are called gypsies, right? Uh, the churches are planted among them, and they are changed people, literally, you know, uh, from people who, you know, beat their wives and who just work by stealing. Uh, they are productive citizens of the country. So the gospel has the power to change lives and will continue to change lives as we allow God to work through us. As the worship team comes back, we're going to uh, close the service with uh, really reminding ourselves of our blessings, the gratitude that should fill our hearts, and the responsibility of preaching the gospel, you know. As Paul says, I'm a debtor, 
right? Uh, people from Europe and the West brought the gospel to us hundreds, a hundred old years ago. Now it is our turn to bring the gospel back. Because really, uh, you know, there are more Christians in Asia by percentage than in Europe, right? So it's time to, you know, respond to the call of God so that one day among the tribes, among the people around the throne of God will be people from all these countries, you know, from Croatia, Bosnia, Herzegovina, you know, some of them came to Malaysia, by the way. Our government took care of them during the war years, huh? Uh, Serbia, you know, Kosovo and Albania and so on. So uh, let's stand together and let this be our prayer as we, as we conclude uh, 